0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nostalgia Effect, the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood, and we're getting into the holiday season, I want to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're there. We're
0: definitely, yeah, it's definitely. Coming, We're, we're I there. Mean,
2: yeah, most people would say like right like after Halloween is when it
1: starts, I suppose, or like at
2: Halloween. I almost put I my know.
0: Christmas tree up the weekend after Halloween.
1: There are at least three homes in my neighborhood that have their trees up, and- are fully decorated inside, it seems. Because they're like in in whatever window is facing the street. They don't have the gall to decorate the outside of their house yet, but inside it's Christmas. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably gonna do it on Friday. I'm taking Friday off work and put my tree up. That's all I'm gonna do. Put the tree up and lay in bed and eat cookies probably.
2: (laughs) It's a good way to enjoy uh, the day off. I mean, it's a good day off if I say so.
0: Yes, I'm very excited. But speaking of the holidays, our talking trailer, it's a pretty old trailer. And I think by the time that this episode goes out, this movie will already be live on Home Box Office Maximum.
2: Mm-hmm. But uh, is that what's coming out? Yes, nice, it comes nice. out
0: on Friday the 17th.
2: Oh, wow. Look at that. It this special present just for you.
0: That's what I'll do when I'm putting up my Christmas tree is watch this movie, A Christmas Story Christmas, which is, I think, more of a sequel to the original Christmas. Christmas Story than a Christmas Story Two is
1: right. I forgot there was a Christmas Story Two. They made a Christmas Story Two. Yeah,
2: yeah. I have ago.
0: only seen it one time, and it was not that enjoyable. Yeah, there's... like
2: the first one. No, I'm oh. I, I love like the it. first one. I you know. Were throwing
0: uh, it know. down, Johnny.
2: Well, we already had. A, we've already talked about this. I know. <laughs> this should not be a surprise.
0: I know. Johnny doesn't like Christmas. Uh, it's not. I mean, Christmas
2: is fine. I just think that movie's boring i don't like that movie
1: well yeah. J- johnny doesn't have any um uh, i mean you, you just there's a old-timey americana to it that i think just must not appeal to you because it's yeah 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 no it definitely does not yeah which
2: is interesting because which... some americana stuff does sure like the baseball stuff does yeah 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 um mm-hmm. but like yeah i don't know the, the, that movie when we watched it i was like i just uh, was not well it's not not for me i think me.
0: it's the cozy, Midwest, Christmassy-ness Americana of it that might not appeal yeah, to you. Yeah, I grew I up know. not only with that movie, but with that Norman Rockwell aesthetic mm-hmm, for my mm-hmm, Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, that that's just like, it's it's cemented in my childhood. Well, mm-hmm, so what's
1: mm-hmm. what's funny for me is I didn't uh, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with that. I think Johnny, your yours and mine childhood was far more alike than our childhood was to Amy's. Grew up in Southern yes. California, yeah, single definitely. mom, all of that, mm-hmm. um, and I. Th- Think what appeals to me is obviously there's like the rose-colored glasses nature of looking back at a time in your childhood, which I mean that's nostalgia. Mm-hmm.
0: But Joe, I thought you grew up in the 1940s, I, well, 1950s.
1: Yeah,
2: I did. He I lived mean, through them. He experienced but them. As a result, but I guess I he remember, did
0: experience them in California. So
1: and as a result, I remember the de- the Great Depression. It was still <laughs> wreaking havoc in the at the time. If you were good, you got a bowl of dust. If you were lucky. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's, where the term comes from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got a Uh, you got a depressing black and white photo of a family starving to death. <laughs> but yeah, no. So what appeals to me about that movie the most is Gene Shepherd's wonderfully insightful humorism. Mm-hmm. And, um, it paints such a rich tapestry and it's a very admittedly subtle kind of, I don't want to say underdone humor, but it is very subtle humor, uh, that really appeals to me. And I think in that case, it's also something... It, Humor, humor is one of those things. It's it's so individual. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's probably also something that's just not working for you on some level. You just – it's just – you don't find yeah. it funny.
0: It might be that it's, like, too wholesome of a humor for Johnny. Maybe.
2: I don't know. I, I like some – I like wholesome stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I'm not you, Amy. I don't need to not, you know, be wholesome. Uh. I, uh, I just, like – I don't know. The movie's what – I just – I, I – the thing is, I just didn't grow up watching it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Joe, did you grow up watching it? I did. Okay. Yeah.
2: I mean, we didn't have cable growing up, but I do know like TBS, one of the cable channels, TBS, TBS or something, runs it, it yeah. on a loop on Christmas Day or 8 whatever. 8 p.m.
0: Christmas Eve to 8 p.m. Christmas Day.
2: Right. Yeah. I don't really recall it being on much growing up, and mm-hmm. so like I just don't have a connection to it. And so when I saw it, it was already an adult, and I was like, yeah, this is fine, whatever. It's not really for that me. That could
0: be the common denominator, why Joe and I like it so much yeah, is because- It's just such an integral part of our childhood. Along with the other things that we talked about. Uh,
1: That and also, I don't know if this is true for you, Johnny. I have always been especially close to my grandparents and my mom and her brothers. And so I have a really clear sense of the time period. Granted, Mm -hmm. her family was growing up in the mid-1950s. So it's about 15 years off from the time of the movie. Mm But time didn't really move as quickly then as they do now. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it feels very close to me in terms of experience of people that I was very, very close to.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it definitely reminds me a lot of my dad's parents, Mm -hmm. who I was Mm -hmm. very close to both my dad's parents and that whole side of my family.
1: Ralphie wanting the Red Ryder BB gun is 100% Mm -hmm. my Uncle Gil, who would later grow up to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know the Knott's Berry Farm train ride. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they still do this. I don't know if the ride even still exists. You're on the train, and then there's train robbers that show up, and they have guns out, and they're pretending Mm -hmm. to rob the train. And my Uncle Gil... As a, I think he was probably eight to 10, something like that. He loves cowboy stuff and little eight year old him actually pulled out his gun and pointed it at the robbers. And I just feel like that's the kid who would then ask for a Red Ryder BB gun and fantasize about picking off bad guys in the backyard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. i remember when i was when i talked to him about it very proudly he said that was the only shooting he was ever involved in (laughs)
0: that's pretty funny which is good for a police officer yeah
1: he's proud of that that was his only (laughs) that was the only shooting he was involved the only
2: time he had to draw his weapon. exactly (laughs) yeah
0: do you think that ralphie became a police officer because in this trailer they don't ever lead into what ralphie became it just shows kind of him at his Nah,
1: I think he probably just became something boring.
0: Yeah, whatever his dad did, whatever the old man did. Yeah, whatever the old... I don't even know. Do we know what the old man did? Uh, He liked to do... Those puzzles in the paper.
1: Yeah, that's all. That's all. But like, we don't know. And what he fix the um,
0: heater. The fight,
1: fight with the heater. Never fix it. That's true. He it. would
0: fight with the furnace. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know, but it must, it must come with a pretty decent paycheck because the, the woman playing his wife is unreasonably attractive, like far too attractive for mm. him and far
0: yeah. younger. No, I think she just looks younger. What's the sequel
1: called? A
2: Christmas Story
0: a Christmas.
2: A Christmas Story Christmas. And this is, uh, so this is a sequel directly. Direct sequel mm-hmm. to the first one. And it's but got... A Christmas Story
0: 2 was uh, supposedly a direct sequel. I don't remember much of it. It's been 15 years since I've seen I it. I mean,
1: we're, we're living in a time where uh, movies are... There's there's the soft reboot. We're living in the time of soft reboots where movies can be a direct sequel. They're, the they're the totally ignoring. Yeah, the requels. Yeah. yeah, they totally ignore... Ooh intervening sequels if they want to look at the halloween franchise yeah i mean yeah very true but yeah this movie having watched the trailer i think what is absent more than anything else is gene shepherd's insightful humor i Mm -hmm. think that it's going to spiritually it's going to feel like it has absolutely nothing to do with the christmas story i I felt like
0: it it felt very cohesive Mm -hmm. with the original, but it could just be that it has that cozy spirit. You see like the actual guy who played Ralphie, the actual person who played, like the Actress who played his mom, mm-hmm. his actual friend. Is
1: that the same actress? Because it looks like it doesn't look like Melinda Dillon to me. It's not. Uh, I
0: thought it was. I, I, the, but I Johnny, not, I think you're the one with IMDb open,
2: right? Yeah, I was like, she's not on the cast list. Yeah, I okay.
1: think. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's Julie Haggerty.
2: Julie Haggerty, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think the kid who played Scott farkas is really there, or the, the same kid. Peter billingsy of course, is the same person. The ones who played Schwartz and Flick are there i don't know that there's any more original folks from the original film
2: yeah i don't know
1: it is funny that peter billingsley is coming back to acting after having spent quite a long and successful career as a producer mm-hmm. mm. produced uh the iron man film certainly the first one
2: interesting i don't know that
1: he has a little cameo in it he's the scientist who says we can't miniaturize the arc reactor and then obadiah stane yells at him and goes tony stark built
2: this in a cave with well, a box of scraps.
1: Wait, that's him. That's him that he's yelling at.
2: So he comes back in Spider Man. Yes, he does. Yeah, because he's, mm-hmm. Sp- yeah. yeah, he's the same guy. That's uh-huh. the same guy. That's the same guy.
1: I don't think I ever caught that.
0: He's one of the elves in Elf. He's Ming Ming the Elf uh-huh. in Elf. Oh, yes. He does oh, a yeah. lot of like Christmas stuff.
1: Well, that's Favreau too.
0: But yeah, he, you're right, Joe. He doesn't do a lot of acting, he's only done like four. Oh, he has like 36, but they're all like small parts, mm-hmm. it looks like. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think this is kind of going to be a rehash of all of the great scenes from the first one. Or mm-hmm. to Johnny, the unfunny scenes of the first one.
2: Uh-huh. Well, I mean, you, you guys already know how I feel about sequels to comedies that come out decades after the original. Any
1: sequel that comes out decades after the original. You are Any
2: sequel. For- I mean, yeah. that's, that's already like, eh. But specifically with comedies, it's just always bad. Yeah, always bad. Yeah,
1: I think anytime there is a sequel that comes out, decades and even an entire lifetime after the original, there had better be a damn good reason. For instance, Incredibles Two, amazing. Ghostbusters Afterlife, amazing. Both rare. Usually, it's mm-hmm. just going back for uh, a. A cheap cash grab
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I'm interested like what, what's, what's uh, why this movie why now yeah um, that's kind of why i I'm, think it's I'm, just I'm, like, more questioning the culture I mean I'm guessing it's where nostalgia yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It reboots and it's,
1: IPs existing it, it's the pre-sold yeah. nature it's the IP it's it's. oh yeah. Christmas story yeah. I know this and it's a probably easy cheap thing to have made for home box I mean yeah actually. I
2: doubt they spent a whole lot making it there's yeah. literally like no big actors in it
0: no it's literally made for people like me who the one time that their heart melts is during Christmas mm-hmm. and the one movie that makes their heart melt is a Christmas story yeah. it's literally just made for me
1: from this trailer Let's Amy see. do you predict heart meltage
2: yeah yes. I'm gonna what's your you, what, oh,
0: you excited yeah. for
2: this from the I, trailer? I
0: am I find it, I think it's going to be very cute. It's probably, I don't think it's going to be amazing. I don't think it's going to be great, mm. but I do think I'll enjoy it. It feels nostalgic already from the trailer. Although there is that one scene where they have the guy, like they double-dog Darum to slide off and yeah. it has that weird superhero like, action-y, like flickering. movie thing,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Zack Snyder effect. <laughs>
0: yeah, that felt Weird, but the rest of it felt very like nostalgic cozy christmas vibes that i kind of want right now
1: uh-huh. i agree with you though that's the one bit of the trailer that feels like it belongs elsewhere yeah interesting in another interesting. movie
0: if they do that in the actual movie i will flip a table
1: <laughs> or so you'll throw a burrito at the wall
0: yeah <laughs> oh my god that is a call back joe
1: yeah i know right but by-, by the way um the woman playing his wife is, you're right, Amy, only five-year age difference. But my goodness, do they look like this. Yeah, or... she's
0: in a lot of stuff. She, I think she was Keanu Reeves' wife in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Hmm.
2: Oh, Erin Hayes. She's uh, from Children's Hospital. She's in a bunch of like the um, David Wayne stuff, like the those guys and um, Michael Shaw Walter and Michael Ian Black.
3: Mm. Um, things mm. like that.
2: she does a lot of stuff with them but she's also in uh tr- 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 she plays like a, car- a recurring character in new girl
1: Ah, uh, i didn't recognize i knew i recognized her something i just didn't realize it was that because i love new girl
2: yeah she's one of the ones that coach like she's one of the teachers that coach hooks up with at the school when uh. he's like the gym teacher or whatever yes yeah, yeah
0: she's annabelle porter in parks and rec i mean that's only yes. like two. she's yep. only in two yeah. episodes yep. but she's in Good. a couple episodes of parks and rec
2: i just saw that episode the other day yeah too. she goes on joan calamezzo and she she wants to buy Ron's chairs or whatever. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, I remember that. She's the Gwyneth Paltrow of yes. Pawnee. Yes, that's. <laughs> All right, well.
2: So you guys are excited. So Amy, you're excited for I'm this, Joe. I'm excited. Are you, are you like, Are you, will you watch it, Joe? Amy's already checked it. I'm, she's already I'm, watched she's it. She's
1: probably already watched it somehow. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I've
0: streamed it to my brain.
1: And She's just waiting to unpack and download. Yeah. I, I'm i sure I'll give it a try, much like I gave Hocus Pocus 2 a try. I got mm. maybe five minutes into Hocus Pocus, and then I was asleep for the entire movie.
0: Okay, so I think that's, that's what's going to yeah. happen for you. I loved Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah, in in that nostalgic way mm-hmm. that I love the first Hocus Pocus, so yeah. I think that's the same thing that's mm-hmm. going to happen. You will probably turn this off five minutes in. I know. I will is, probably sit there and love it every I, second of
1: it. I don't think I got far enough into Hocus Pocus Two to dislike it. I just was tired and I fell asleep. <laughs>
2: you just had a long day, and it was just it's, not holding your attention. It's
1: true. I did. <laughs> Admittedly, I have not gone back to watch Hocus Pocus Two properly
2: because Halloween is past and this the time. Halloween
1: is over. never. He'll give it another go next year. Away. Yeah, he'll try again,
2: <laughs> and then he'll fall asleep, and then it'll be like ten years until he finally sees it. <laughs> (laughs) And by that time, they will have made another sequel. That's true.
3: That's true.
1: Because they can only make them decades apart. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know.
1: I'll I'll give it a try. I'm not expecting much.
0: And I know, Johnny, you're probably not going to watch it. You don't care.
2: No, No, I I really don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of... Movies that they made sequels to years after the fact, fifteen to be exact. Where are you
2: going with this transition? Know, you really pull that uh, one off, uh, I, though. I was like, it. I was. She did it. I thought you were like, I, I was like, you're not gonna pull this transition off. And then you were know, like, Oh, oh I could, did it. Nice. I
0: had this planned, you guys. <laughs> nice,
2: nice, nice. That was really um,
0: good. Literally, so, yes. The fifteenth anniversary of the movie that we are talking about today. We are talking about Enchanted. The Disney classic Enchanted, I think, two thousand seven.
2: Yes, Two thousand and seven. The
0: fifteenth anniversary is the day after this episode goes live. Totally nice. planned on too. And then
2: there's another. Well, the reason why uh, yeah. we're doing this, right, is because there's another. There's like a sequel to it. So, aha uh-huh, a sequel that comes out decades a decade later.
0: Yeah, Disenchanted comes out. I think it's this Friday. From when this episode goes out.
2: Okay. So the same week you're listening to this, it comes yes, out. Yes.
0: I believe it comes out Thanksgiving weekend. And it's
2: called, it's Disenchanted. called Disenchanted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. And I am All right. very
0: excited for it.
2: Yeah? Just another one of those those things? Those Amy's uh, cash grabs? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the small things that give my cynicism a little nap. There you go. That, that's, that's always nice. Hmm okay all
2: right so i'm guessing amy you saw this this was a movie you watched a lot when you were when it came out in 2007
0: yes when i was 17 i think we actually went to the theater to go see this if i'm remembering correctly either that or we did just either get it from family video or rent it from the library Mm -hmm. which we did Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. back in the day but i have not watched this in probably 10 years because we never bought the dvd or the blu-ray and they only just put it on disney plus like last year when they announced Mm. disenchanted but i have not watched it since it was on disney plus so it's been a while since i've seen it but i remember loving it mm-hmm. i remember beats of it uh-huh. but i couldn't give you the full cohesive story mm-hmm. i love the songs are iconic i i remember the songs iconic. i remember academy award winning that's for sure
1: yeah
2: i mean sure i mean i don't know i mean you said it was classic and iconic and those are two things so it's like
3: hmm
2: i remember i remember when this movie came out and i and i saw it i've seen it before mm-hmm. i don't think i saw it when it came out but i saw it maybe a couple years later uh, you know i sort of forgot most about it I'm, I'm just trying to your perspective on it it's like oh mm-hmm. this, is, this was a big
0: movie yeah
2: i mean i, I can. can
0: like pick out the songs like i know like that's how you know i couldn't sing the lyrics for you but i can like i can hear the the melody of them in my head i, I can got you
2: feel them. you could name the song you can name the songs basically. Yeah. yeah yeah like i couldn't name you a song the I
0: thing i love 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 about this is James Marston. I talk about this all the time. I love when, I guess James Marston's not really like a serious actor, but I love when serious actors get to do just goofy, stupid, over-the-top stuff. And that is this. He's just walking around. He's dancing around Central Park in tights and fluffy, sh- uh, f- big fluffy sleeves.
1: Well, a I, puffy shirt. A puffy <laughs> yeah. shirt. Uh, he's Marston. I don't. I wouldn't say he's not a serious actor. But what no. happens is a lot of times he doesn't really get a chance to shine in anything that he's in. Uh, and this movie yeah. is one he doesn't
2: those... get to do. He doesn't get to do much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so yeah. this movie is one of those rare instances where he does. And you do get mm-hmm. to see everything that
0: he's yeah. capable of. It's... He is so good in this. It's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite roles of his. Yes, that I'd, it's just yeah. so so good.
2: I do remember thinking when I saw it that he was very good in it, and I also remember thinking when I saw it that it was better than I thought it would be. Mm. Like it surprised mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. in that in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't I don't remember much about it. Okay. I do remember the part where he's singing in the park. And then he gets run over by bikes. Yes.
0: That is the trailer right there. That scene, I think, is like one of the iconic shots of the trailer.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I remember. Yeah, I remember I was in college... End of college when this came out. I have no memory of seeing it in theaters, but I know I must have. Because mm-hmm. there's no reason I wouldn't have. Uh 2007, so of course, everybody had a crush on Amy Adams.
0: This was the movie that like made her famous, yeah. though, isn't it?
1: Um, I feel like, at the for me, I think this question. was probably the first time I'd seen her in anything and knew who she was. She'd been floating around in television a lot. She was in, I want to say, she was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as like a mm. one or two episode side character. She's also in the office for a Yeah, small she's in a two, three oh, episodes
2: of right. the office. Uh, the first time I actually saw her, sorry to cut you yeah. off, Joe, was in interestingly weirdly enough Talladega Nights. She plays Will Farrell's Ricky Bobby's assistant and then love interest.
0: Was that before two thousand and seven? Yeah,
2: it was two thousand and six. Uh, Talladega Nights is two thousand six, oh, wow. and so that was the first time that I have ever actually ah no, I lied. I'm looking back on it. You know what the first time is? Hmm. Catch me if you can. Oh. She plays oh, oh my his God. wife. Yeah, she plays his wife that he like uh-huh. he like leaves or he like tries to. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's Amy Adams. But I only think I, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was
1: it She was in an episode, a two, a really great two-part episode of West Wing.
0: Everybody, I feel like that is one of the things. It's either West Wing or like Law and Order that you have to do.
1: Yeah, well, it's just those you know those those broadcast, uh, TV shows that mm-hmm. those always,
2: procedurals, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they just had a lot of episodes.
1: I want to say she was in, uh, like. Maybe Smallville or something too?
2: She was in Smallville for one episode.
1: Yeah. Jodie Melville. And I swear to God, she was in Buffy. That is kind
2: of funny. I didn't didn't think about that. I swear to
1: God, she was in Buffy. And I want to say she was a character. She was in Buffy.
2: She was in one episode, Cousin Beth. Oh, really?
1: I was right? Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow, Joe, look at that memory working for you.
2: Joe fucking loves Buffy. I do. If it's Buffy or The West Wing or Richard Donner, I know this man has his facts down. (laughs) Or
1: Star Trek. True. Or Star
2: Trek. Yeah, I wouldn't bet against him.
1: (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, I, I. Regardless of having no memory of seeing this in theaters, I own it on Blu-ray. I've seen it many times. I know it really well. I think probably... I don't recall Sarah and I ever having watched it together. So it's probably been seven, eight years since I've seen it. So mm-hmm. Amy kind of around the same time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I remember it very well. I predict there will be zero surprises in on a rewatch. And mm. I do remember taking special exception to... A thing that happens in the third act that basically I liked the movie a lot. And it's just this one thing that they do in the movie that bothers me enough that I feel like it took the opportunity away from the movie of being perfect. Because I otherwise think Mm. this movie is really great. But yeah, I'm excited to watch it again. I expect I'm going to like it.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I expect I'm going to love it. I think about this movie at least once a year. I'm like, why haven't I watched this movie? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait, because it's not streaming anywhere. And Uh then when it came on Disney Plus, I was like, nope. We're going to do it because they announced Disenchanted. I'm like, nope, we're going to do it for the podcast. We got to mm-hmm. do it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I've been restraining myself for a year watching this. Amy is a master of her domain.
2: I have uh, mastered. There you <laughs> go. That's, that's yeah. some restraint you have there, Amy. I'm a little <laughs> proud of you. All right? None I of can't us restrain believe myself you, anywhere you showed else. us all.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you guys, you ready to uh, to dive into the fairy tales, become a princess?
1: I'm ready to be enchanted by Amy Adams all over again. Never say no to Amy. I will say the yeah, same yeah. thing
0: about James Marston.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, me too.
3: <laughs> nice.
0: Oh, well, let's go. Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors.
3: And now, our feature presentation.
0: And we're back.
2: We are back. So, Johnny. From Enchanted since- Land.
0: Yes. It's actually Andalasia.
2: Whatever. Um, it's Andalusia. And-
0: <laughs> so John it's an says- Andalusian
2: dog. All right. It's a delusion dog? un Andalus. <laughs> what?
0: Since you don't remember much of this, what did yes. you think?
2: I liked it. I mm-hmm. think it's a good movie if you don't think too much about it. <laughs> yes. So one of the things that I, since we started this podcast, we've been going back and like watching a bunch of Disney movies or a bunch of movies like for kids and things like that. A lot of the time, most of them are taking place in like fantastical worlds or whatever. So Mm -hmm. you don't really, it takes the real world sort of out of it. And so you you don't like think about- It
1: suspends your disbelief. Yeah, you suspend your
2: disbelief. You don't think about real world stuff. What I really like about this movie, I'll say what I really like first and then
1: we'll get into it later.
2: What I really like about this movie is the flipping of the, uh, the flipping and the homages to the Disney tropes Uh, of like princesses, mm-hmm. Disney princesses throughout the years. The beginning being animated and then going to live action is is a really good. It's, um, I think it's like a genius idea. Yeah. It just, yeah. it works. Yeah. It works for what this movie is, for what it's going for. That sort of tonal shift is great. And I, I really do like Disney's hand-drawn animation stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They didn't do uh, this though disney studios didn't animate this that's one of my juicy fun facts for you guys that's wild i'm my jaw is yeah, that
2: broad. is pretty crazy but it is supposed to be like copying that style yeah right? it's like an updated version of like uh, sleeping beauty or something uh-huh. like that yeah so i like how they they take the tropes that you kind of know and they sort of all fit in when you do start to think about it a little bit more though it sort of falls apart but if you sort of refrain from that and you just look at it as it is it's an enjoyable movie abe adams is good james Marsden is very funny and susan sarandon is pretty good as an evil witch yeah yeah i I enjoyed it it was the same feeling i had when i watched it the first time which was like yeah this, this is not bad I thought this, well, you know, I remember watching the trailers or whatever, or I remember just having an idea before I saw the movie the first time around when I was younger, thinking that it was going to just be awful, especially because at the time, Disney wasn't making great stuff, yeah. right? It was the mid-2000s. Yeah. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, it sort of ends up better than I was expecting. But I don't, like, love it. Hmm. It's it's good. It's fine. Uh, the songs are kind of catchy. That yeah. one that she sings in the park. Is yep. that how, do you, how know? you know? Is that, okay, mm-hmm. That's how you know. Okay. That's how you know. Yeah, yeah. That little, with the with the drums, and it sort of reminds me of the, um, they, they have a, I like the music, the music in this, because it, it sort of like plays off of Disney, other Disney mm-hmm. riffs, like Disney themes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that sort of sounds like this song from this classic movie. Yeah. This there's even a bit I think, and this might maybe I'm, I was hearing things, but there is the bit where Amy Adams' character is in the, uh, the law offices. Room? Yeah, and then, okay. and then there's okay, like the, the Little the sea, Mermaid. Right? Yeah, right. Is that is that what that is?
0: I kind of want to stop you there for a second because that is gonna hijack like a huge chunk of my fun fact. Uh, Unless you want to go with that fun fact now. So
1: I I can I I can torpedo that fun fact because I know exactly who that his assistant was.
0: Well, no, there's even more to that than you know. know.
1: Mm. I
2: mean, I was just I just thought I just thought the the cues the, the um the way that it sort of plays on itself and the disney princesses lore and themes mm-hmm. are interesting mm-hmm. and i do yeah. like them although like i find myself like oh she's got to eat the apple before midnight like why i was like don't oh, know. Well, i guess magic cinderella yeah. yeah cinderella and it, that's what they did in cinderella so they have to do it here and it's like oh poison apple because they did it in this movie so they got to do it here and the shoe you know so like it all kind of like and i'm like okay that's fine that works but yeah
3: it's fine
2: it's i don't feel i like i'm not gonna watch this Sequel, even though it's got Maya Rudolph in it.
0: Mm-hmm. It does. Yes, she plays yes. the uh, evil queen. She basically uh, takes know. over Susan Sarandon's role. Wait, wait,
1: wait. Oh, you're wait, the Maya the new one. Yeah, the yeah. new oh, one. Sorry, was like I, I mean was like my eyes were peeled. I would have spotted no. Maya Rudolph in this yeah, movie. Yeah, no, no. I was saying okay. I
2: was. I'm not. This this movie has not made me want to watch the new one that's
1: coming out. Got it. You know, I wasn't
2: like blown away by that. It's like, um, but it is fairly enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, this didn't happen. What's your guys' take? I I. I imagine you guys enjoyed it just as much.
0: I as still love it. Before. I did have a breakthrough while watching this. Oh, um, yeah. Based on our discussion in last episode where Johnny kind of cracked the code on uh, why I like A24 and Joe doesn't.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this... Okay, so now I, I have several more
1: questions, but go ahead.
0: And it's mostly during that That's How You Know scene where they're like walking through Central Park and talking. Patrick Dempsey's view, I feel like, is very much like my view of life. How cynical and jaded he is on the world and then I was watching it and I was like this is me and Joe (laughs) like Joe is Giselle (laughs) Mm. so like happy and optimistic and I'm like nope that's all bullshit
1: (laughs) I mean yeah
2: you're stretching it I think in both uh, in both ways
1: so it's so funny Amy that you should say that because as I was watching it I was thinking I can't remember exactly where it was but I turned to Sarah and I was like this is you because I'm married to a joyful optimistic redhead who Literally Mm -hmm. breaks into song in public for no reason Mm -hmm. and would absolutely, if she could, invite vermin into the house just to get out of cleaning.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I do the same thing, honestly, although I was in the middle of eating dinner and I started gagging when the cockroaches came up out of the sink and she had the mouse pull the hairball out of the shower drain.
3: Oh my God, I'm starting
0: to gag just thinking about it right now. So that
1: scene in particular, there's a a few things, but that scene in particular actually kind of reminded me a little bit of the subversive nature of a movie like Shrek, which also kind of pokes at Disney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's even that bit where it's like- But that one does it
2: with more I mean, this one does it with like Shrek a is, loving sort of wink, yeah. Shrek is, and that one yeah. does it with a middle finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Shrek is dangerous as a movie, and this is, as you say, <laughs> loving. It's a pl- playful, light teasing, I suppose. Yeah. But there's still things like all of the horrible, the rats and the cockroaches and the flies and everything that come out. And it's yeah. like, ooh. and you can even see her. She's like, oh, Oh, okay. And yeah. then um, the very end of the sequence where the uh, the pigeon eats one of the cockroaches, just chomps right down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That
2: was pretty good. Yeah. I did like that part. That was funny.
1: I like this movie a lot. I think it's delightful mm-hmm. and it's fun and it's very sweet. I think Amy Adams and Marsden are like the perfect actor in the perfect part in the mm-hmm. movie that knows exactly what it's doing. And there's so many little things that she does. Like if you've noticed how she holds her hands. Yeah. yeah. And she goes, oh, she's, yeah, yeah. she's always making these sounds. Yeah, and it's always like overdone.
0: Yeah, she's literally like if a Disney princess came to life.
1: Yeah, and she does it. And even when she finds that old homeless man and she sort of flounces down and the Mm. way she kind of throws herself into it, all of that feels like it could have been animated and yet we're seeing Amy Adams do it in person. In, yeah. In real life.
2: Well, it seems like they're like animated motions yes. but in, uh, in real yes. life. Yeah. And
1: even her really breathy, overdone vocal delivery of lines feels like voice acting because you do have mm-hmm. to over-deliver as a voice actor, right? Yeah. Because yeah. all you have is your voice to emote. I think it's kind of really brilliant and it's very funny there's visual gags in the movie it's not just lightly edited improv that scene where patrick dempsey is walking down the hallway and he turns around and you see that a dress pattern has been cut out of his drapes Mm -hmm. yeah later on you see that the same things happen to the the sheets on the ground there's a lot of stuff like that that i think is really really great and really clever comedy reveals Mm -hmm. and so i think this movie is overall wonderful i'll get to as we get closer to the end I'll, I'll talk about the thing that pisses me off about this movie but uh no i think this movie's great i it's wonderful yeah
0: there's a couple things i don't know why i forgot that susan sarandon was in this like we had talked about her before but I was just for some reason and maybe just like i'm associating her with wicked but i was like adina menzel's the villain mm. because she was the stepmother or like the soon-to-be stepmother for the little girl and i was like oh wait i completely forgot it's susan sarandon
1: do you mean Broadway star Adina Menzel that sings zero songs in the whole movie?
0: That's another fun fact. Is um, she liked that they asked her to be an actress and not sing? They wanted no. her like she liked that they asked her to do this as an actress and not as Tony Award winning Broadway star Adina Menzel or Adele DeZim, depending yeah. on yeah. if you're John Travolta. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say like what's I, I just always think of every time I think about her. I know two things about her. One, she does a song in the Frozen movie. Yes,
0: she is the Frozen movie. She is the Frozen
2: movie. Yes, and that John Travolta mispronounced her name at the Oscars. Yeah. Not
1: just, it's a new name. <laughs> it's not Yeah, new... he
2: just like, he just made, he just mm. made up a name and it's fucking hilarious.
1: Yeah. I gotta ask, firstly, I think this is the first Disney movie to feature prostitutes. When well, she wanders through New York and goes into oh. a bad area. There's like two prostitutes standing on the street corner and I was like, oh, I think that's never been in a Disney film before. Except for maybe I Pirates. got an even
0: better fun fact for you on that. Okay, go for it. The movie was conceived as far back as the 1990s and was was originally going to be rated R in the first draft of the script had to being mistaken for a stripper, which is a little bit different than a sex worker. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: I mean, it's a sex worker, but different job. But
0: yeah, so uh, there you go, Joey. It would have been even more.
1: Wow. Uh, I'm I'm good being a thing is I'm glad. Maybe this movie could have been PG-13 and gone a little bit harder at the subversive comedy, but I'm glad that it yeah. wasn't R. I think R would have been wrong. Kind of the same way that James Cameron wanted to make Jurassic Park R and, and Spielberg's like nope, people are going to go see this with their kids and that was the right yeah. choice. And I think that's the right choice hmm. here to be funny and tease the Disney thing while still being Disney friendly. I think is the right tone to also strike. Also being mm-hmm.
2: holy Disney. Yeah. Um yeah. I do I am interested amy because it's a movie that very much deals with this idea of romantic love in a unrealistic way right mm-hmm. i mean the whole it's the whole thing is where he talks about like, oh, how are you gonna marry somebody you just met for a day blah, blah, blah. it's a very romantic movie is what i'm saying yes. and it's a comedy that... and you've gone on record as mm-hmm. being like you hate all things romantic and comedy yes. mixed together so i i am interested because when i was watching it i was like oh this is like really I mean, it's a Disney movie, so I'm open. You know, I can move past it, but I'm like, oh, this is overly romantic and sappy. It's Disney thing, so I'm. I was like, huh. I mean, I knew you liked it, and so I was wondering yeah. if, uh, watching it again, if like you, if that sort of thing that bothers you in other movies that we've talked about, and that's heavily present in this movie, mm-hmm. if your uh, sort of feelings changed on it, or or did you, something you never noticed, or do you just look past it, or what's what's the deal with that?
0: Uh, a little bit of all of that. So actually, that is like the major part of my notes is kind of my take on that because one movie that really jaded me and one of the reasons why i want to talk about it on the podcast is another james marston movie 27 dresses mm. um, i used to be obsessed mm. with that movie there's a line that she says in that i feel like my favorite song was written about a sandwich and that kind of stuck with me that and 500 days of summer really kind of jaded me and those came out around the same time as this movie hmm. and i don't think when i watched this i really kind of took notice of that uh, but mm-hmm. watching it now it's fantasy and one day you have to wake up and you're in the real world and that really resonated with me more now than it used to mm-hmm. so yeah there are like those rom-commy parts of it that i really did not enjoy i still enjoy this more for the disney aspect of it but there right. is the rom-commy parts to kind of make me squirm a little bit and hmm. i'm just like eh, it's not like my favorite bit but there are parts that i watched around it i
2: guess okay but i just feel like that's like the main theme of this movie it's like the thing that it builds around
0: it is a lot of this movie yeah so uh,
2: so it's interesting just you know i don't know I don't know. I'm just interested.
0: Their whole relationship is probably my least favorite part. Hmm. The relationship between those two characters. I like Giselle as a character and kind of Mm -hmm. just like watching her. And I like the fun, cutesy Disney atmosphere of it. But there's a lot more I feel like going on throughout it. I think my favorite part is most definitely like James Marston and his journey with Timothy Spall throughout the film Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. like really Mm -hmm. fun. And Timothy Spall kind of being the opposite of Peter Pettigrew in this with Susan Sarandon where... He goes from being evil mm, to good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, yeah. 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 I do like, I do like, like that
1: little twist
2: yeah. on the evil henchman type. Yeah.
0: There's just like that cutesy stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, that they all, the longer they're in the real world, the more they all grow and change beyond their original bounds.
0: Except for James Marsden.
1: Literally, they're two dimensional. Yeah bounds um, yeah, I right. would actually I would actually argue that Marston even does grow because he realizes that he's not her true love and his whole deal has been I'm yeah. I've been looking for true love's kiss and then when the kissing thing doesn't work and he goes it's you and then he's cool with it like he's not
2: yeah he's not. that that part seems weird to me because he does flip the switch rather quickly I think them. it's just
0: because he's a big dumb beautiful airhead but yeah
2: maybe yeah yeah I mean I think that's you know that's kind of what he's supposed to be playing yeah
1: but the, but that he figures that out and' is, and like squares it with himself is yeah. is more than than I think one would expect of that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. So... Um, I have some rapid fire observations. Yeah, go ahead. One, I do think it's funny that when Disney calls, Julie Andrews answers because she, she reads oh, to be getting odds oh, of this. Uh,
0: I forgot that she was the narrator and I cried. Uh, well, I didn't really cry, but I was just like, oh my God, my favorite person in the world is narrating this. And literally, like two days ago, I just rewatched Victor Victoria and I was mm. just like, ah. Yeah. Just so much Julie Andrews injected into my veins. <laughs>
2: but she's only like, she only narrates like two sentences
1: in the beginning, and then and the a little end, bit right? at the end. Yeah. It's
0: very quick. I know, but it's, okay, okay. it's still, it's Julie Andrews. Give me anything That's that enough. she yeah. does. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then um, there's a really great shot towards the very beginning of How Does She Know in Central Park that is shot for shot, the opening of the Hills Are Alive musical sequence in Sound of Music where the camera yeah. kind of cranes up from the grassy knoll of Central Park as she's running carefree through the grass and she has her arms out and everything. And so I just thought that that was a great Sound of Music moment. Organic organically fits into this because this isn't just a tribute to Disney princesses this is also a tribute to not all but a few really notable musical and musical tropes Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. I did like the bit where he's like you know this song too and then yeah yeah uh, yeah when like the guy starts singing the song and he's like wait a
1: minute
3: yeah yeah yeah
0: I think that might be one of the things that I like about this is the realism even though it does like kind of go in that rom-commy fashion Patrick Mm -hmm. Dempsey being the straight man in this poking at the absurdness of of it Yeah, of musicals and fantasy, because that's Mm -hmm. like kind of how I would look at. I'm like, who the fuck is gonna burst out in a song? Like, it's so unrealistic, and that's kind of why I don't like musicals all that much. But I'm just like, it it feels so unrealistic. But
2: it—it's so funny because like you don't like musicals and you don't really like romantic stuff. But that's but but that's all Disney. That's all the Disney stuff that there was when you were growing up and watching only the Disney stuff. Well, I think it's it's, it's interesting that as a grown up you're just like, nah.
0: I say it's it's a little (laughs) bit different. I think disney musicals are different than like musical musicals i'm not a huge fan of the hairspray movie which is another james marston movie that came out around the same time mm-hmm. i don't like that
2: you like musicals when they're sung by cartoon characters and not real life actors is that what it is i think that's the key right there yeah they I have think, to be like, cartoon characters and not well, it's real also
0: people. it's in a fantasy so it makes yeah. sense where it's like a lot of musicals are set in more like realistic yeah when
1: like in like earth
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
3: yeah
1: yeah reality yeah i see I see, I see. It's funny because I do like musicals. I don't like all musicals, but I do like yeah. musicals. But I think there's a different kind because there's musicals that have really big numbers, like in animated musicals, where they have these really big, expansive numbers, mm-hmm. and that works. Like, I- I'm thinking like F- Friend Like Me. For example, that's a huge number, lots of stuff going on. And I'm specifically talking about the animated Aladdin, not the Aladdin that shall remain. No, No. that's not even a real thing.
0: That's (laughs) not even a real thing. Joe, that's a coaster.
1: That's right, that's right. It is, it's or a Frisbee. So I'm thinking about something like that. And then uh, real world musicals. I think if they were to have such an absurdly over large set piece of a musical like that, it would probably turn me off. I think Mm -hmm. my disbelief cannot be suspended that far. Mm -hmm. But I think you can still have a musical sequence that's stripped down enough that it feels like it works. This movie, I think it's an absurdly large musical sequence, but it works because but it plays she's from
2: that to world. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's also what I was getting. So, I was going to say, yeah. like the large musical sequence in this movie mm-hmm. when they're in the park and they do that, they have a bit, but obviously that's a play off of the large musical sequences that they do in the Disney yes, animated yes, movie
1: yes, where yes. she comes mm-hmm, from, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Which is good. I like these little nods and tropes and like things to the Disney princess legacy. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. And, I, and it, it shows that like, okay, there was a lot of thought put in this movie mm-hmm. at least.
3: Mm-hmm. you know?
1: um, And it was executed fairly well.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: That is the only song that I can remember from you don't room. remember
1: happy little working song as she's having
3: all yeah. of the and
2: it's basically I mean, the snow no. white song yeah it's it's um, a pretty catchy song yeah I, yeah i did not know oh wow uh,
0: and i've been dreaming of true.
2: the only one that yeah. really sticks with me is the, the little uh, steel drums i was yeah. like thinking of the word yeah yeah i was interested i was like oh I, I did stick around and i was like i wanted to know who wrote the music Alan for this Lincoln.
1: Mm-hmm. and so yeah, I was
2: like, yeah yeah Sondheim one somebody's name Sondheim produced this didn't they
1: possibly I don't say I don't remember seeing a Sondheim but Alan Macon of course is is one half of Ashman and Macon responsible for some of our favorite Disney musical mm-hmm. movies yes. um, musical moments in Disney films in in the early 90s which of course Amy pointed out has a moment there's the little refrain from Little Mermaid in mm-hmm. the lobby mm-hmm. and Amy do you mind if I give one of your trivia pieces Which
0: what is is it? Just the Jody Benson, yeah.
1: So his assistant Johnny is Jody Benson, mm-hmm. who was the voice of Ariel, the Little Mermaid. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. And then, and I'm I'm not sh- I'm not 100 sure. I haven't looked it up, but I believe the soap opera that James Mars. You are correct. Cool. Yeah. The soap opera that James
0: <laughs> Mars. Do you want me to do that fun fact now? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So um yes, there are three princesses, and then two other. Disney people within this. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like Joe said, Jodie Benson, she is Ariel. She is the assistant, assistant. so you hear Mm -hmm. part of your world when Giselle's looking in the fish tank. When Prince Edward is flipping through the television channels at the motel, the soap opera he's watching features Paige O'Hara, who Mm -hmm. is the voice of Belle Mm -hmm. in Beauty and the Beast.
2: Okay, nice.
0: Obviously, Julie Andrews is the narrator. Mm -hmm. Adina Menzel plays Nancy and voiced Queen Elsa in Frozen. Frozen.
3: Future queen. Um, And then
0: finally, Judy Kunn, I think that's how you pronounce her last name she is the woman who has the kids I believe when Ed oh, Prince Edward is going that, through and that. knocking on the doors she is the singing voice of Pocahontas oh the one yes. the, she's the woman who goes you're too late
1: which was hilarious I, I really yeah. loved that yeah. montage that and then when he shows up at that other guy's doorstep and the guy's like oh hello <laughs> and you yeah. see, oh the bike yeah, yeah. you
3: the see
2: the Mars like
3: uh oh
2: yeah. <laughs> he just backs away yeah. yeah that's pretty good
0: so Joe Before we get into the fun facts I don't have anything else I don't know Johnny If you do But Joe if you want to Tell us about the one thing That irked you
1: Okay so um, The thing that Has always bothered me About this movie Is It's all great it's all clever it's all in good fun and then at the very end at the very end of the third act when we Mm -hmm. have susan sarandon who is very good essentially narrating the story plot points during the Mm. exciting conclusion to everything that's going on Mm -hmm. it bothers me to no end it is she's like oh a little twist on our story blah 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 And it's like Shut up.
3: Mm-hmm. Shut up.
1: Mm-hmm. Be more menacing or something. Stop telling yeah. us story tropes.
2: Yeah, I I noticed that when she when she specifically says like, oh what a twist. It's the princess mm-hmm. saving
1: the
3: thing. The,
2: you're the damsel in the stress now and it's like Okay. We didn't need you, we we we're we all looking at the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We know what's going yeah. on here.
1: Like so so like that's the one element of this movie at arguably the most important, most exciting moment of the movie. And it mm-hmm. deflates itself. Mm-hmm. I also do wish that she looked scarier in dragon form. Because like Maleficent dragon. in Dragon Form is terrible. Well, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this she's pretty dope. Yeah. And this She is... just looks
0: like a cutesy dragon. Yeah, she kind does. She
1: does look cutesy. And I'm sure for ratings purposes whatever they pulled back on whatever mm-hmm. design choices they may have had but um that's the thing ultimately that always just sort of nibbles at me about yeah. this movie mm-hmm. is that element at the end in particular but everything else i love oh i do have to say sarah jumped at the reveal of the old woman uh, susan strandon is the old hag really what yeah. do you mean when she shows up at the party with the apple uh huh. And she's uh-huh. like revealed. She like turned around and she's there. Sarah went,
0: oh, oh, just that she was there. Yeah, like, like it, it was like the jump her. scare of it.
1: Yeah, it startled her, which I thought was funny. It is pretty funny. Uh, speaking of that old hag makeup, Rick Baker did that makeup, which is why it looks so good. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah.
2: Because I, I was gonna comment on that makeup. I was like, they really did translate the old hag uh-huh. trope yeah. in, in real life pretty like it's pretty disgusting yeah it looks pretty it's yeah. So good yeah <laughs> she looks
0: like the hag in snow classic White.
1: yeah so anyway that's rick baker which is which is great and then uh surprisingly and this must be a holdover from it being an r-rated film or having been developed for a while barry sonnenfeld was a producer on this yes
2: i got that confused mm-hmm. with sondheim for some reason in my head oh but yes
1: yes did. that's mm-hmm. where you saw that name okay okay so that's where it was so yeah i kind of thought that's odd but Cool, but strange. <laughs> this movie was shot by Don Burgess. He's done a lot of work with Zemeckis and The Conjuring mm-hmm. and a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of really good mm-hmm. stuff. And so I think that it's really cool that they got a really big name DP to shoot this movie. And I think that might mm-hmm. be part of the reason why it feels clever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sort of elevated that it doesn't just feel like.
2: You know what? Yeah. Like just you run of the mill, cheap Disney yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like it, there's mm-hmm. a difference between a DP and somebody who can light and shoot.
2: Yeah. I was thinking when Amy Adams' character gets pushed into the thing and she basically comes to the New York for the first time mm-hmm. and the camera sort of... She uh-huh. yeah. does this crazy little rotation yeah. that I don't remember seeing at all. But I remember when I watched it this time, I was like, "That's really clever." Uh-huh. And I really liked the way they used that camera movement. Yeah, uh, I like the way it looked. Uh-huh. I just liked everything about it. Yeah. I was like, "That's really." cool Although it doesn't really make any sense because she like lands on it and then she sort of comes out out of it. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I- yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it making felt logical like logical sense
2: but it looks fantastic uh-huh. so now yeah. it's all makes sense because it's fucking. Yeah, there's a, v- a pretty good cinematographer yeah yeah
0: yeah that camera movement felt like something you would see in an animated movie
1: mm-hmm. yeah there's a really distinct visual language throughout the entire film that i think mm-hmm. really gives the movie a leg up over what it could be which is a cute idea and sort of one joke what happens if you put a disney yeah. princess in the real world but the movie yeah. continues yeah. to Present that really, really well. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Amy, we're ready for your spicy trivia.
0: All right, my first one is an Amy fun fact. This is not from IMDb. This is me, and me <laughs> and my Disney trip, my Disney knowledge. Okay. So okay. the director of this, oh I yes, Kevin Lyman mm-hmm. Lima.
1: Lima. I know um, what you're he, gonna say.
0: Yeah, he co-directed a Goofy movie hmm. starring Jason Marsden as Max Goof, and he's also Thackeray uh cat voice in Hocus Pocus, the first one, not the second one. But he has no relation to James Marsden.
1: Well, I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna say, are they related? Mm. They're no, no, they're not.
0: They're not related. Yeah, um, uh, li- I thought that was just a nice fun just fact. White. <laughs>
1: but he also did not only did he do a Goofy movie, but he also did Tarzan and uh, 102 Dalmatians.
0: Yes. He's done the a lot guy. of stuff. Not for this guy.
1: Yeah, the, the, the director.
0: The director, yeah. Okay. But Jason Marsden does a lot of, Um, he was in a couple Batman episodes. His, he's best friends with Will Friedle, so he did a lot of uh, Batman stuff.
1: Batman Beyond. He's a, he's right? a prol-
0: prolific voice actor. Yeah. Kevin Lima? No, Jason Marsden.
1: No relation to James Marsden. Okay. God damn
2: it. We went out. There's like <laughs> three people we're talking about at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Keep okay. up, Johnny. I know. Well, Jesus
0: Christ. All right. So now we're into the IMDb fun facts. When Edward was on top of the bus, the people riding on the tour bus next him to him, laughing and pointing at him weren't extras, but they were real tourists.
3: Mm. Nice.
0: Disney had originally planned to add Giselle to the Disney Princess lineup and was shown at a 2007 toy fair where a Giselle doll was featured with packaging declaring her a Disney princess, Hmm. but decided against it when they realized that they would have to pay lifelong rights to Amy Adams Mm. for her image. (laughs) That's hilarious. There was a hidden Mickey. Of
1: course there was. Where was it?
0: The bus driver's hair is shaped like Mickey Mouse's ears, um, as well as the green pepper slices on the pizza when they're at Bellinante. Ah. My last spicy fun fact before I get to some recastings, which I got some spicy recastings. Mm. This I didn't notice. I I watched for this because I pulled this fact before I actually watched the movie. Robert and Giselle, when they're in the elevator, taking it upstairs to his apartment, there's a brief moment when the camera zooms in on the elevator floor display, which bears a startling resemblance to the elevator floor display at the Tower of Terror attraction at Disney World, not Disneyland. And it even goes from floors 1 to 12. Mm. I didn't notice it, but I also didn't look hard enough
1: yeah that that one i'm just gonna have to say okay
0: mm. yeah so i'm gonna save my spiciest recasting for the end okay because a lot of these are our usual literally throwing everyone at the board yeah for Giselle Jennifer Aniston Christina Applegate Drew Barrymore Kate Beckinsale and Kate Hudson Kristen Bell, Laura Flynn Boyle, Giselle Bündchen, Tony Collette, Portia De Rossi, Laura Dern, Zoe Deschanel, Cameron Diaz, Christine Aguilera, Maggie Grace, Jennifer Garner, Salma Hayek, Anne Hesch, Nikki Hilton, Nikki Hilton of all people, Uma Thurman, Reese Witherspoon, and Renee Zellweger were all considered. Jennifer Aniston was offered the role, but she turned it down due to salary. So that would have been too weird for me. And then, I think... If Kristen Bell had gotten the role, Frozen probably would have never happened, or somebody else would have been Anna.
1: You know what, though? I think this movie doesn't work without Amy Adams.
0: No. Yeah. It would not have worked. I
2: I would agree. I mean, she's just got, she's just, she's just.
1: Fits. She fits. Because she's a good enough actor to make this believable. Because she does. She
0: looks like a Disney princess too. She does.
1: Absolutely. We never got to Johnny's uh, issue with her age.
2: Oh, well, no, that was just uh, more of a general issue with just like when you bring the real world into sort of these discussions about Mm -hmm. the Disneyfication of romance or love or whatever. Mm -hmm. These, uh, you know, fables and stories, the source of the movies and even maybe in the movies themselves, do you know, they are supposed to be like 16 or some shit like that and yeah. I, there's just a lot of like real world implications that shit would not happen the way if some person who you just met was like talking to a billboard you would immediately seek psychiatric help for this person and not let them just chill in and your house yeah how hot they yeah. were yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: well i think that's what he was doing. Like, he was trying to do that. And not, like, to that full extent of, like, trying to take them to a psychiatrist, but he was, like, telling yeah. Morgan, no, she should not be here. Yeah,
1: then she falls asleep. He's like, no, 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 yeah. that's unacceptable. And then when
0: he does leave her, like, let her stay, he's like, Morgan, come sleep in my room.
1: Yeah. I will say, in response to your Disneyfication of romantic entanglements, when Adina uh, Menzel had seen them, her on top of him in a bath towel, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, does she think that you and I. <gasps> Kissed, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's the most she could possibly comprehend yeah. about <laughs> why somebody could be mad.
3: Yeah, and it's also
2: just like she. There is like a trope in a lot of these movies not just disney movies but in general of just like she sort of seems like a kid right? like she doesn't know anything yeah. she's like very it's the born she's sexy very, yesterday yeah born sexy yesterday yeah. that's what that's i was yeah. like that's the trope. i was, I was thinking about
1: think that of. a little bit i the only reason why i think this movie doesn't fall prey to that at least in my mind is because hmm. one he's not into her initially he only starts but
2: he kind of is right because he does call the he does call, so like a a taxi to come get yeah, her then, or whatever. And then
3: he and sees then her, he sees like her
2: asleep, well, and he's like, wow. Well, yeah." And that's got some creepy undertones.
1: Well, I see. I think that it was more like he's looking at her and he's thinking, "She's." I think I think she's he,
0: asleep, we'll deal with this shit in the morning. And
1: more that it's like, I don't think I have anything to fear from her. She seems yeah. sweet.
0: Yeah, I never got like a sexy undertone from at least that scene. No. I don't think he like really started to like her until that scene in Central Park and they were getting to know each other. That's I think until when he started to fall yeah, in montage. love with her. And
1: that's the thing is by that point, she's teaching him things yeah she is saying no i think you're wrong and i think that you think that obviously this is not how the conversation went in the movie but the whole time he's telling her i think you're bullshit and she's saying no i don't think i am and this is why and she's Mm -hmm. being herself uh Mm -hmm. unapologetically Mm -hmm. being herself in her own way through song and dance sticking up for herself and Mm -hmm. her worldview which is that there is true love, and it's good and pure and nice, and the world can be that. And I think that's when mm-hmm. he, he. It's. Because I, I think. That's a lot of times what we look for in our significant others is mm-hmm. somebody who is different from you. Mm-hmm. The pluses in somebody mm-hmm. else make up for the minuses in you and maybe mm-hmm. together you're a better functioning human being because of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think the movie doesn't fall prey to this. It's not like he teaches her anything. Yeah. She teaches him. Gotcha.
2: Okay. It's yeah, yeah. I see I see what you're saying. It's, it's like a little bit of the reverse of the normal yeah. trope. Yeah. yeah. I guess that makes sense. I did think yeah, about that. Well, that's that. actually yeah. something that my mind because we're bringing like real world elements into, into this thing Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. it's like oh those things sort of and that's why it's like this this movie is fun but then if when you really start to think about it it, and at least if you're somebody like me who tends to think about these sorts of things it might fall apart but Mm -hmm. uh, it's still enjoyable yeah
1: and actually i'll take back what i said because i think he does teach her some things but what he teaches her is to think more deeply about things when he describes like what a date is and why we date Yeah. yeah And she starts yeah. to get some of that sort of autonomy. Or about
2: being mad, right? Yeah, I mean, about being mad. I feel like that's the reason why she even falls in love with it, Because she he makes her mad and she's never been mad before. Yeah. Because mad being angry doesn't exist in the Disney world Yeah, War.
1: and it's because it's, it, she's literally becoming more three-dimensional the longer she stays in this world. Mm-hmm. And the <laughs> longer th- these these things, mm-hmm. these realities start to sort of weigh upon her and she becomes a, a more real person who needs more than just a uh, beautiful, dumb James Martin. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah so i don't know
3: I, yeah. <laughs> they
0: actually they mirror that also in her costuming as well
3: mm-hmm. huh, interesting. as she
0: stays in new york longer the less disneyfied her costumes get
1: right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah so Amy, yeah.
1: you've got more we side i have you.
0: way more stuff to talk about with these uh, recastings so with Nerissa the evil queen, uh-huh. Gina Davis, Angelica Houston, Jessica Lang, Jennifer Jason Lee, Julian Moore, Annette O'Toole and Mary Steenburgen all auditioned.
2: Wow. See, that's interesting because before so before I watch this movie again, I kind of forgotten who the bad witch, I mean who the evil witch was, and in my head it was Angelica Houston. I was like it was Angelica Houston. So mm-hmm. even even when You're like they were witches. like I know, yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking. It wasn't until they come into the real world. Or I think I looked it up. I actually because when she's in the cartoon form i was this is angelica houston i was like this is somebody else yeah and then i had to look it up it looked kind of looks like her mm-hmm, yeah. like the cartoon form sure. you know yeah. not not oh, the, uh, yeah I mean, a
0: little bit yeah. i can see it yeah
2: yeah so uh, so it's interesting that she
1: was also, she was on the that is interesting that's funny
0: all right and then i have kind of uh robert and edward are kind of in a big ball together so james marston originally auditioned for robert philip call back to prince philip in sleeping beauty mm. but was later cast as giselle's betrothed prince edward and so here is who could have been playing Robert, Val Kilmer, Edward Norton, Sean Penn, and Charlie Sheen were all considered before Ooh. the part went to Patrick Dempsey. I can't Those imagine. Those are all
2: such weird choices. Yeah.
1: Especially the Sheen one. That one I'm glad is not the case. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, right? it would have and been And then creeper. here's a really good one. Keanu Reeves was considered as Robert and Russell Crowe as Edward. What?
2: Whoa. That's weird. In 2007, Russell
1: Crowe? Yeah. Uh-uh.
2: Yeah, I don't like it. And then you oh. want this
0: to get even spicier?
1: <laughs> oh no!
0: Weird Al was considered to write the songs for this movie. Okay, you know See? what? See,
2: that, that would have be been great. amazing. That
1: would have been fine. He's a fantastic songwriter.
2: I mean, I would have. Uh, this movie would have yeah, jumped so a million. We
0: could have gotten Daniel Radcliffe to write these songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's
2: that is, those are some interesting choices for sure, and they would have really tanked this movie had any of them. Yeah.
1: Gone yeah, absolutely. I will say there's whole lists on the internet devoted to actors that have the same things happen to them in every movie. Mm-hmm. James Morrison is the poster boy for having girls stolen from him because it happens <sighs> in X-Men. It happens in this. It happens in...
2: Um... I mean, it doesn't really happen in X-Men. Yeah, well, Wolverine. Right? Well, like, he's dead and then Wolverine I mean, goes trying. after his lady. Uh,
1: <laughs> but he's dead already by
2: that point. And, and she's
1: also, like, evil, you know, an un- Yeah, an evil, like, cosmic being (laughs) by that point. I'll I'll give you that one. Yeah, that's his role in movies. Even Superman Returns, same deal. Superman steals his lady. Like, poor James Marsden, always, whatever the other guy is doing, has a 100% chance of stealing I mean,
2: but in the real world, I feel like it's the opposite. James Marsden has a 100%
0: chance of stealing your girl. (laughs) 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 That's what I'm saying.
2: (laughs) In the real world, it's only in movies where where James Marsden gets stood up. (laughs) (laughs) Now that, I cannot just uh, d- Suspend uh, disbelief Suspend my disbelief There <laughs> <Yeah>. you <know>. go
0: <laughs> So guys Gentlemen Does it hold up?
1: Absolutely. I think this is a delightful movie. It's very clever. It's very sweet. It both makes fun of and is a love letter to Disney films. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a hard tightrope to walk and this one uh, does it beautifully. Yeah. Yep,
2: I'd have to agree. I think it does hold up pretty well. There are some nitpicky stuff I can go over, but I mean, beyond that, I think it's ultimately an enjoyable movie. And if you do like those Disney classic animated movies, there's a lot to enjoy here. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is a direct quote this goes back to your question to me johnny this is a direct quote i mm-hmm. wrote down for my does it hold up mm-hmm. reaction i find it charming maybe a little too rom-commy but i like mm-hmm. the cutesy disneyness mm-hmm. mm. so it does hold up i do enjoy this i can put the rom-communist out of my mind and enjoy you can the put your cynical
2: goggles down and just enjoy it full-heartedly
0: uh, i can't do that because there is still some mm. There's still some stuff in there where I'm like, that's still not, like, that's...
2: That's stupid! (laughs) It's...
0: You're in, you're in the realism world, but you're still kind of not going full realism on it. Yeah. You changed Patrick mind too soon.
3: Hmm.
1: <laughs> you
0: know what's kind of funny? This in a
1: way feels spiritually like you could do a double feature with this and Last Action Hero. You have a character oh, from a fantasy yeah. world oh, coming yeah. into the real world. Ooh,
2: one, I mean, not to be so binary about it, yeah. but that's like, it's the boy version of this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. this is a
2: girl movie and that's the boy movie. Yeah,
1: totally. Same idea. Uh uh Oh, that's fair.
2: Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> there's, even, there's even the bit where, where the queen's like, I'm going to send you to a place where there are no happy endings. One of my favorite lines in Last Action Hero, Charles Dance says, in this world, the bad guys can win.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a really good observation, Joe.
0: Right, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, listener, do you like Enchanted? Are you excited for Disenchanted? Have you not watched Enchanted? If you haven't, go watch it. It's just so much fun. It's fun.
2: I feel like when all three of us agree on a film... You, you can rest assured, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, it's a, it's a rare
0: time. occurrence, but it happened. <laughs> yeah. And
1: if, if you don't like it, then, listener, I think you're wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're wrong and you should feel wrong. There you Sit go. there yeah. in your wrongness and be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, listener, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, at nostalgitis, N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-T-I-S, or nostalgifigpod at com. And don't forget to be kind and rewind and sing a little happy working song.
1: Mm -hmm. or just don't work just don't do it or don't treat her like a mind reader